theyeshiva.net. Good morning, everybody. Welcome, everybody. We're up to Perik Hay, page 148. On top it says Balak. And we're up to Perik Hay, on 148, the first column. On top it should say Balak. So in chapter 1 of the Maimah Matevo Elachi Yaakov, the Balatanya discussed, he started off to understand why the Gemara says that if you call Avraham Avram today, you're over Balav. It's a transgression. Hashem said, Your name will not be called Avram anymore. So you're not allowed to call him Avram. Asks the Gemara, why Yaakov? You're allowed to call Yaakov? Him too, he was name was changed to Yisrael, and Hashem says in Vayishlach, So the Gemara answers, Because the Torah itself calls him Yaakov afterwards. Avram, once the name was changed, it never went back. You'll never have in Chumash, after the end of Lech Lecha, that he's called Avram. He's forever Avram. So Hashem said, your name should not be called Avram. It meant literally, never again. With Yaakov, many times after the change, he's called Yaakov. Right? Till today, very often the Pasuk refers to him, or Chazal refers to him as Yaakov Avinu. Even in the Torah itself, after the name change. Sometimes he's called Yisrael, but sometimes he's called Yaakov. So if the Torah itself is calling him Yaakov after the name change, obviously... It doesn't mean you could never be called Yaakov again because Hashem himself calls him Yaakov. That's the distinction the Gemara makes. So the Balatanya says, what's Takah Pshat in this? It means that once Avram became Avram, he became Avram. But once Yaakov became Yisrael, he still remains Yaakov. Because there are two steps that are necessary. One is Yaakov, one is Yisrael, and you can't reach Yisrael without Yaakov. In order to understand this, and how did this come in? Because of the Pasuk, Yaakov, Yisrael. This is, of course, one of the examples where the name Yaakov is used yet again. Many, many portions after the name change. One, the name change was in Vibrations and Vayishlach. And this is in Balak. So you have to understand what the name Yaakov is. And so he says that Yaakov comes from the word Vayakveni, Esav, when he discovered that the blessings were taken from him. He said, ah, that's why you called him Yaakov. He tells Yitzchak, Yaakov. now I know why his name is Yaakov. He, uh, he outsmarted me twice. Akveni means he... Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Deceived, uh, cut me off, uh, usurped me, outsmarted me. Vayakveni. You know, he took this... Uh, uh, appropriated, yeah. It was a very ambitious and like sly move to cut me out of the scene. What was it, twice? He took my birthright and now he took my blessing. And of course, you see right away the language is similar. Pchayrasi comes from the word pchayr, beis chaf reish, and birchasi comes from the word beirach, which is beis reish chaf, the same letters. Just a different configuration. First he took my birthright, Beis Chof Reish. And then he took my bracha, my blessing, which is again, Beis Reish Chof, the same exact letters of the Hebrew alphabet. That's the, that's why it's called Yaakov. In order to understand all this, Balatanya went into a discussion, why the soul comes down into this world. Usually you say, in order to get reward in Gan Eden. As a result of the work in this world, it gets reward in Gan Eden. The question is, before it was created, there was also in Ganeid. And it basked and bathed in the radiance of the Shekhinah. What then is the Yisran, what's the benefit, the advantage as a result of the descent in this world? And he said there's many, there's Kamatirutsim, there are def, different answers that are given throughout the generations in Svarim Hagdoshim and Torah. But he says, Tirutz Hamiti. The authentic answer, meaning the ultimate, every answer is authentic, but the ultimate authentic answer is that the neshama came down into this world to become a Baal tshuva. 
Where Bali Tshuva stand, the Gemara says in Brachas, Lamedalad, complete Sadikim can stand. That's what happens in this world. The Mishnah says, One hour of Tshuva and good deeds in this world is superior to the whole Eilam Haba. He starts off with Tshuva, because what happens in this world is the Neshama is transformed from a Tzadik into a Bal Tshuva. In heaven, the Neshama was a Tzadik, not just a Tzadik, but a Tzadik Gomer. Because the soul, before it comes into the body, as he says, is obviously in a state of tzaddik gomer. All the souls were tzaddikim gomurim, completely righteous and sacred and holy. Their entire identity, the entire identity of a soul is that it's connected to its source, in its source. So there's no question that the soul there can be defined as tzaddik and tzaddik gomer. Completely holy, completely righteous, completely wholesome. What happens as a result of its descent is, it go, can, it's capable of going through the transformation from being a tzaddik to being a bolshev. And b'makom shabalei tshuvaim, the main tzaddikim murim mechaylam lamed is not just the way you understand it. It's talking about two people in this world. There's a bolshev, there's a tzaddik. It's talking about every person, even the greatest tzaddik. The way you are a tzaddik, which is the way you're in heaven, is not the place where the bolshev stands. Where the bolshev stands, meaning where the neshama stands. As a result of coming into this world, is a completely, completely in a different plane. What does this mean, though, that it came into this world to experience tshuva? If it wouldn't come into this world, it would remain a tzaddik, but never be about tshuva. The experience of this world is the experience of tshuva. That's the experience. What is tshuva? What is this experience? So on this, the rest of the Maimer continues that there's generally three states of tshuva. Sur and All in the capital in Tehillim. Go away from Ra, from Ra, from evil. Engage, say, do good. And seek peace. It's not just three different terms. They represent three madregas, three layers or three paradigms or three dimensions of tshuva. The common denominator in all of them is that it's tshuva. And we can understand what happens in this world, why this world is the transformation from a tzaddik into tshuva. Because the, the, the meaning of the word shuva is to return. And in this world, there is the tension of separateness. There is the tension that comes from the separateness. The greatest uh, trauma of this world is the trauma of coming into the world. Where the neshama, as he puts it in the, in the continuation of the Maimer, morphs transforms itself from a state of ayin to a state of yesh. Da me ayin basal. You come from ayin, as he explains. Ayin, not just from where you come. You come from ayin, from a state of ayin. From a state of no ego, of oneness. Ayin mazal Yisrael. Ein mazal is ayin mazal Yisrael. And so coming into this world, even the greatest tzaddik, even the greatest tzaddik in the world, as he puts it, who loves Hashem, is yesh Mishayev. There is somebody, there is somebody who loves. So there is a tension as a result of this world of overcoming, overcoming the void, the separateness, the richuk. This is even the greatest tzaddik in the world. Overcoming the richuk, and this creates the personality, the, the yearning, and the life of the tshuva, of the bal tshuva. This can't happen in heaven, because heaven, there's no returning, because there's no getting lost. <laughs> to return, <laughs> you have to go off the path. <laughs> if you follow ways, you never have to return. You're always going on the right path. If you, uh, Yaza, we said yesterday in the Haftarah, Yaza of Russia Darka, right? The Russia abandons ways, literally, Darka means, he abandons the ways, I know better. You go off the beaten track. So now you say, okay, now here's the way back. <laughs> this is how you return. Returning by definition means I wandered off, so I have to return. I was home. If you're home enough to return, you're home. You're in your place. You're in your oasis. Dude, I leave home. There's returning. The question is how far you leave. So the Baltanya says there's three layers. There's chuva. How far did you leave? How far do you, how much do you have to return? So there's Sumeira, that's on one level. That's, he said, as the level of Asiya, 
the nefesh, nefesh kisechta, where a person could completely go off the beaten track and engage in ra, brokenness, toxicity, negativity, or morality, promiscuity. Again, each soul, according to its journey, its nesioinus, its challenges. And then the avoid of tshuva is surmeira, al-kiena l'kai b'kirbi mitzuni oroa as he explains at length. It's discovering that l'kai b'kirbi, your alignment with the truth, with God in you, that allows you to do tshuva, to come back from a place of surmeira. There's a higher level of tshuva. That's already the neshama from a state of yitzira, where it's not shayach tira, but it could still be a form of laziness or apathy or indifference. And here's the asay toiv, to go the extra mile in a positive relationship, even if negatively there's nothing wrong. But what's missing is in the asay toiv, in the passion and the enthusiasm and the connection. I may have my checklist, I may not do anything wrong, but the connection is missing. As he puts it to be an oivad alakim. The Gemara says, what's an oivad alakim? An oivad alakim is, in Chagige, somebody, the Pasuk says in Malachi, there's a difference between an oivad alakim and somebody who's not avada. doesn't serve. As the Gemara, what's the difference? It already said tzadik rasha. So the Gemara says, travayu tzadiki gemuri nino. The one who's not a Nevada Lakim is also a Tzadik Gamur. So why is he Loyavada? He says one learns a hundred times and one learns a hundred and one times. <laughs> What's the difference? So the Tanya explains in Perik Tasvav that the common, uh, there was a Talmud of Mir, say Talmud of Chaim Shmulevich and his Musa Shmuzen, used to quote this Tanya a lot. He got very, uh, inspired from it. So the Talmud of his told me, Rabbi Havlin, he's the chief rabbi of Kiryat Gat today. So he was a Talmud Rabbi Chaim Shmulevich in the, in the Mir in Yerushalayim. So he said he would uh, get on fire from this. The Balatanya says in Tanya Perek Tesvav that in the time of the Gemara, it was common to review every sugya a hundred times. Today people would probably go crazy. But it was common, you had to chaz a hundred times. So learning a hundred times, was that was common. That was not, not going the extra mile. hundred and one time. The 101 time is going out of the comfort zone. And the Gemara gives there a very interesting metaphor. That was a shuk, this is a chagiga, I think, Tesvaftes, and Mesech the Chagiga, the Gemara says. That there was a shuk shel chamarim, there was a, uh, a marketplace where you rented, like you have a rental car today. You rented a donkey. Today you rent a bike, yeah, you put in a quarter, you take a bike, or you rent a car, you take a taxi. There was a shuk shel chamarim, you rented a donkey. You needed to go somewhere, schlep something. So the Gemara says that for 10 parsa, let's say parsa is around a kilometer, 10 kilometer cost one zuz. 11 parsa cost two zuz. Doesn't make sense. You go 10 kilometers, it's $100. You go 11 kilometers, it's $200. That's not fair. I understand 20 kilometers is $200. 11 kilometers should be $110, right? Doesn't make sense. Suddenly the taxi goes an extra mile and you're getting charged the same amount for the first 10 miles. Taxis do that sometimes, right? And what do they tell you? It's night. It's night time. It's night time. <laughs> uh, it's out of the zone. It's early in the morning. I'm going back to traffic. <laughs> you don't like it? Get out of the car. <laughs> so the Gemara says because the donkey went 10 kilometers. For the donkey to go 11 kilometers, it was out of his comfort zone. So the Balatanya says in Tanya, Perik Tesvav, the derech was to learn a hundred times. So he says, Zoi sapa ma'meya ve'echad, ha'meya ve'achas ha'yeseira. The one hundred and one time, shkula keneged kulon ve'oyla alem be'yeseres It's more powerful than the first hundred times. Ah, it's one time, but it's not just one time. It's the one time that represents a different level of connection. It's going that extra mile for somebody you love. It's a whole different thing. You, you go in your box. You, you stay in the box is one thing. Going out of that comfort zone, that's what I realize, say, Toivus. That's Oivid Elikim. You work through the Tzimtzum of Elikim. Oivid. Miloshen Ma'abed. That's the Tshuva of Asay Toiv. And if that's missing, so then there's the Tshuva of Asay Toiv to replenish the light that was missing as he explains to Saiv of Kalama.
There's the third layer of tshuva. This is connected to the soul, the way it's in Olam Habriya. It's already much higher, even if there's no surmeira, no asetoiv, but there is the frustration, there is the sense of tension because I am a yesh. There's a separateness. And the tshuva overcomes that separateness. And he says, it's not pshat that the first level, that's the real tshuva, and the other two are not real. It's the other way around. Because a higher soul that falls, falls much deeper. As he quotes from the Magid, that the machshava zara of a tzaddik creates a deeper blemish than a serious sin of an amaretz. It's a tzaddik. There's a machshava zara, just a thought. It's a fascinating, unbelievable idea. The machshava zara of a tzaddik. It's so subtle, it's so internal. But it's, it can have nuclear power because of the highness, because of the loftiness. So therefore, may igre ram, as somebody's on the high igre, it says on the top of the, the peak of the mountain, the fall is much deeper, like the fruits on the top of the tree. When they fall from a storm, they fall much further away from the tree than the fruits that are on the lower part of the tree. That's why the Zayar says, Kia Adam, Eitzah we're compared to the fruit, to the tree. The Adam is the Eitzah Sada, and this is one of the examples of the comparison. The fruits that are higher, when they fall, they fall much lower, much further. So the nefila of a higher soul, of a deeper soul, is much deeper. Even though the nefila over there means something else, because it's much, it's much more subtle, it's much higher. So that's why the Magad of Mizrich said that the Machshava Zaris of a Tzaddik can have a greater B'gam than the Avoynas Chamurim of Amayaretz. Sometimes you look, it's just, I'm a tzaddik. He has a little machshavazari. Internally, there's a little thing. We know that sometimes the most dangerous diseases are things that are not visible. They're internal. When things are external, it's on one level. Something is sometimes very, very deep inside. It's not noticeable. You need x-rays or x-rays. Sometimes the x-rays don't pick it up. So you need an MRI. Sometimes the MRI doesn't pick it up yet. It's very, very internal. It's not visible. But depends on which layer of the of 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 the soul, of the body, it's it's touching, it's affecting. So the machshava zara of a tzaddik, it's only a machshava. It can have a deeper pagam than a serious concrete sin of somebody who's completely not a tzaddik. So the tshuva on each level is a very serious one. Sur seitoiv, and the third one, which is beyond mitzvahs, it's bakish shalom. It's represented by Torah. Because Torah is mashal hakadmoini, kadmoinoi shaloylam. It's a metaphor that concretizes, that brings down kadmoinoi shaloylam, Hashem's essence, beyond soiviv, beyond memale, where the two can become connected and therefore there can be tshuva that even here on earth, one can be completely one. That's the tshuva on the third level to be able to return from that richuk. So Abyssal Chazara, refresher since a few days past. What's the common denominator of all tshuvas? To be able to go back to the oneness of a person. To be able to go back to the oneness of a world. That's the deeper meaning of Kaddish Li Kol Pchoyr. Pchoyr are the first letters in the alphabet that represent duality. Not oneness, but duality. What's a pchoyr literally? Abchar literally is the firstborn son. You can't have a firstborn son if you don't have a father and a mother. Right? I believe, no? Moshem <laughs> Tov once said that, uh, he says, everything in the world, <laughs> it's a classic voice from the Moshem, everything in the world you could do with coldness. You could do without passion. <laughs> you can go to work without passion. You can run a company without passion. Everything you can do without passion. You do it, you do it robotically, you do it the dead. Well, there's one thing you can't do without passion. <laughs> Having a child. If there's no warmth, if there's no passion, it's impossible to have a child. Of course, the Baal did not know about artificial insemination. <laughs> That's our generation. Even that you could do without passion. But the idea what the Baal was saying, if you have one of a child, it has to be passion. Abkhir, yeah. That's what we spoke about, Asaytoiv, the passion. That's where it belongs. Abkhir has a father and a mother. The alphabet, the Hebrew alphabet. So you have the father. The father is, the first letter of the ones is Aleph. First letter of the tens is Yud. First letter of the hundreds is Kuf. 
Because as we said, the Hebrew alphabet is divided into three units. Yechidois, Asiriois, Omeyas. The ones, the tens, and the hundreds. What's the firstborn child? Not the father. The firstborn is Bez. Bez is the firstborn from the singles, from the singles, from the ones. What's the firstborn from the tens? Chaf. What's the firstborn from the hundreds? Resh. And that's why it's two. We already have two. There's two and there's 20 and there's 200. And it's exact double of the first. Aleph, Yud, Kav, Kuf is one and 10 and 100 is what? How much is that? 111. If you write out 111, what does it look like? One, one, one. What's the next generation? Bez, Chaf, Resh. Two, twenty, two hundred. If you write it out, what does it look like? Two, two, two. You see? One, 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 two, two, two. And the Balatanya doesn't say it explicitly, but it goes on. There's a shtickle from the Apter of Oyev Yisrael Parshish Boy. He speaks about Pidyan Aben. So he brings it out explicitly. If you go on, the whole alphabet goes that way. The next one is, you go to Gimel. So you have Gimel, and then you have Lamet, and then you have... Right? Sh- uh, shin. So what is it? Three and thirty and three hundred. So how do you do it? Three, three, three. <laughs> one, 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 two, 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 three, three, three. And then you continue vaita. So you go to the dalit. That's in the unit. In the ones, you have four. And then in the tens, you have mem, is forty. And then you have tough, which is the last letter of the alphabet, is four hundred. So you have four and forty and four hundred. So what does it look like? Four, four, four. So the beginning of duality is two, two, two. Where there's not one, but there's already twos. What's the first duality? The first duality is the duality between the oneness of Hashem and the world. Between God and me. That duality, that separateness. That's what Pchayr is. That's why there's a concept of tshuva. That only happens in this world. Olam hazad, there could be tshuva. Kaddish li kol b'chayr. Take the b'chayr, take the two, 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 and bring it back, Lee. Bring it back to me. Because really it's not separate. And where do you see that it's not separate? Because take a look. One, one, one is the Aleph. What's Aleph? Aleph is Aleph, Lamed Fei. Aleph is one, Lamed is 30, Fei is 80. How much is that? No, the mathematician. Was was dann schlafen geworden? Too early in the morning for numbers? <laughs> I thought you dream numbers. Aleph is 111, 111. Aleph is 1, Lamed is 30, Fei is 80. So 80 and 30 is 110, plus Aleph is 111. Why is that one one? Because that's what Aleph means. Aleph means one. Aleph also means, Chazal say in the Medrash, Alufay Shal Oilam. Alufay Shal Oilam means the Aluf, like Aluf, Aluf in, in Parshas of Yishlachim, all the Alufim, Alufay Yasef. Aluf is a general, a leader, a ruler. How do you say Aluf in English? Uh, a chief. Yeah. A duke, a chief, yeah. A general. Yeah, in Israel, Aluf is a general. But you have, you have, it was like the governors, the princes. I think in Vayishlach they translate as the princes. Aluf Shaloyla means the prince of the world, the, the, the general of the world, the leader of the world. In other words, there's a oneness. There's, there's one boss. That's Aleph. Once you go out into the world of Bays, there's already now there's the firstborn. There's the Pchai, the child comes out of the father and the mother. Now you're separate. You could be so separate that you do, you rebel against your parents, you don't speak to them, or you even deny that they're your parents. Sometimes you have a tragedy, he's not my father, she's not my mother. I don't even know who you are. The separation could be on different levels. Like we speak, there's tshuva on a higher level, there's tshuva on a more basic level, there's tshuva on a very, very basic level. But it all has the common denominator of pchay, whether it's beis or chaf or resh. Bez is the way the separation is in Asiya, where everything is on its own. Chaf is the way the separation is Yitzira, where every sphere is comprised of ten. So it's already tens. And Resh is the way the separation is in Bria, where every sphere is made up of a hundred. If you'll take a, 
the Bavram did this last time during the Shin, and he showed me his picture. He came afterwards. So if you take a, pa- a, 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 a page and you make dots, you just make dots. You make ten dots. So what do you have? You have dots. If you have one point, you have one point. If you have ten, so you have a line of ten dots, whether horizontally, whether vertically or horizontally. If you'll have a hundred dots, you make ten and ten and ten and ten, it's suddenly going to look like megapixels, what they call, and you'll already see a picture, you'll see an image. And all pictures, that's what a picture is. A picture is basically the megapixels, all the pixels coming together, it creates a picture. The higher it is in reality, yeah, the lower, the more detached from the oneness, you don't see the big picture. Things are isolated. The, cl- the more up you go, you see the more interconnectedness until you see the whole picture. That's why in Olam Hasi, he said every sphere is on a kuda. Chesed is chesed, gvur is gvur, teferis is teferis. In Olam HaYitzira already, it encompasses ten. So each one is made of ten, so you have ten points. In Olam HaBriya, each one is encompassed of ten, but each one of those is encompassed of ten. So you have a hundred, so you have the whole picture. So it's Beis, Chaf, Reish, but it's all twos. And then there's the tshuva of Kaddish Li Kolbchar. What was, why is the focus of Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim on Bchair? Because the Egyptians, the Bchairim Mitzrayim, were killed for the Bchairim of the Jewish people to be redeemed. What does that mean spiritually? The Egyptians, what was their philosophy? They detached 222 from 111. In other words, if you recognize that there's a prince to the world, that means everybody's connected. So I can't abuse another person. I can't take another person's child and throw it into a river. I can't slave. I can't, I can't subjugate you to me. What allows me to subjugate you as a slave? What allowed the Egyptians to do this? What allowed the Bchayri Mitzrayim, the Bchayri Mitzrayim, who used to subjugate and torture the Jewish people? Where does this philosophy come from? That the 222 is completely separated from the 111. I have no allegiance to a father. There's no father. I'm on my own. If I'm on my own, so basically, uh, survival of the fittest, might is right. I'm more powerful than you. I can subjugate you. What was the Chiddush of Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim? Kadesh Li Kol You have to be able to align the Bchayr with Li, with me. Bring it back. Bring Beis Chaf Reish back to Aleph Yudkov. Bring it back to the Aleph. Because really it's part of the Aleph. How do you know it's part of the Aleph? Because take a look. If 111 is Aleph, what's 222? Twice Aleph. And what's 333? Three times Aleph. And what's 444? Four times Aleph. You see how the Hebrew alphabet goes. As far as you go, it's really replicating the Aleph. It's all the Aleph. It's just the Aleph being manifested in diversity. 444 is not separate from the Aleph, it's 111. It's the way 111 is manifested in diversity, but it's not separate. That's what Truva means. Truva means to be able to make from many one, from Beis Chafresh, be able to go back to the Kadesh Li, to align with, with me. Kadesh Li Kolbchar, Petekol Recham, Be'adam Vabehema, Be'adam Vabehema Lihu. That's what the Truva of this world is. And we were just represented most by Yaakov. Esau said he's the Bchayr. Esau said he's the Bchayr. Yaakov takes the Bchayr of Esau and he takes the Bracha of Esau. Bchayr and Bracha both the same thing. It's Bez Reish Chof. To take that idea, that philosophy of separateness and bring it back to holiness lift it up from its brokenness, repair it from its brokenness. We're talking the Esav and the Yaakov within each person. And to be able to bring it back to the source, to take the B'chayre, to take the Bracha and bring it back. That's the Kaddish Li Kol Based on all this, he now comes to the conclusion. Pedekei. Now Bilam says, how good, how good are your tents, Yaakov? Well, your dwelling place is Yisrael. And as we know, this is such a vital uh, poem of Bilam that 365 days a year, we begin every morning's davening with this posse. 
You come into Shul to start davening, the introduction of davening, you start off, Matoivu, Elecha, Yaakov, Before Adoy Noilam, before the Akedah, before the Karbonas, before Hoidu Baruch Shammar, we start off with this Pasuk. Why from everything that we choose a Pasuk from Bilam? Because apparently this Pasuk captures very fundamental idea. Pidush, Habez, Chuvashil, Sur, Meirava, Seitev, Hemchines, Yaakov. The first two layers of tshuva, sur meiran that's represented by Yaakov. Yud Akev. Yaakov is a combination of two words. Yud, the letter Yud, and Akev. Akev means the sole of the foot, the bottom of the foot. And the reason he was called Yaakov, it says why? Because Yodoy, Oichezes Ba'kev Esav. Literally it means his hand was holding on to the heel of his brother Esav who was coming out first and he was trying to chapman. Huh? That's the Ve'akvein Nizepamayim. Yeah, already, already you're saying a third time in the womb he was already trying to, to hold on to him, but that Esav didn't know about. <laughs> that Esav didn't know about. <laughs> that everybody else knew, but Esav, Esav was a baby. He was an infant, so that he didn't know about. He probably asked around why his brother's name is Yaakov, why they would name his brother a heel. It's a strange name for a brother, right? Heel. So they probably told him the story. But Vayakveni Zepamayim is later in life. So he's holding on to his hand. In other words, there's something he wants to get from him. But the Yodoy, Yechedes Bakevesev, is also a remez. Yodoy is the same letters like Yud. The letter Yud is Yud Vav Dalad, which is Yodoy. Yodoy, Yechedes Bakevesev, the Chiddush of Yaakov is to bring the Yud into the Ekev. Yud Ekev. What's Pshat? Ki Ebchines Maisa. Yaakov represents the actions, whether it's staying away from bad or engaging a good, which is all action, by which is bringing the Yud into Ekev. Yud represents Hashem, Yud. Hashem's name begins with Yud, Yud Kevavke. So Yud, Ekev represents the heel, which is the lowest part of the body. It's called in Medrash, in Ovis de Rebnos, in the Malach HaMovis Sheba Adam. The angel of death in the person because the blood circulation in the foot is the weakest. So you, the people who Khalila deal with diabetes, usually the first part that's affected is the foot because the blood circulation on a good day over there is, is because of its distance from the heart. It's, it's a smaller blood circulation. So obviously, Rabbi Nassim calls it Malach HaMavaz Adam. You know, you can have a lot of dead skin over there on the bottom of the foot. They call it dead skin. The circulation is on a different level. On the, in the Akev, but to bring the Yud all the way down into the Akev, that means to remember Hashem even in the lowest places. As he puts it earlier, I may be in exile, but I'm standing on Nahar Kvar, Yisrael, the Jew is rooted in the deepest place, so I could bring the Yud into the Akev, that's Yaakov. Kvar is also Beis Reish Chav, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And Rechev Alekim Riboisayim, he brings, Tzimachzadik brings in the Hagos, yeah. Vigam Yaakov Bechol Mokam Hainu Zayin Tachtoinus. In Kabbalah Yaakov always represents the seven Midas. V'Yisrael Lirosh. Yisrael is a combination of two words. Yud, Sin, Resh, Aleph, Lamed, you have Li, Lamed, Yud. And the middle letters is Rosh, which means a head to me, or my head. Hupchinus Moichin. Gimel Rishonus, the first three of the Sviris Chachmah Bidnas, Moshakasabal Lakutatayra, Sev Parshas Vayetse. This is Lakutatayra from the Arizal. The Arizal is the Sev for Lakutatayra, in the end of Fire Vayetse. Because when the Balatanya said the Maimah, he wouldn't say Lakutatayra, Parshas Vayetse. Vihine, Bechal Mokim Azayan Tachtainus, Nikrois Bashem Yaakov, Vizayan Tachtainus, Ubchinus Ruach Venefesh, Vigimel Rishonus, Unashama. This is what we explained. That the first two levels of tshuva relate to the nefesh and the ruach. The third level relates to neshama. The, fir- the first two relate to asiya, yitzira. The higher is neshama, that's already Yisrael. Valkain, base tshuva, so Rishon is the nefesh v'ruach, heimchines Yaakov. V'zelva yakveni zepa mayim, hainu base tshuva sanal. It says, Yaakov outsmarted me twice. What's twice? Twice is the tshuva of surmerah and the tshuva of asetoiv. There's the Pchayra and the Bracha. 
Yaakov outsmarted me twice. He took away from Esau, both on the level of Nefesh, on the level of Ruach, to realign the duality of existence with the oneness. V'nikra Ayalecha. That's why by Yaakov it's called Ayalecha, the tent. Because Ayalubchinus Makif. A tent encompasses you, like you sleep in a tent. It's around you. Let's remember the first two layers of tshuva represent mitzvahs. And mitzvahs are mamshech. They bring forth makifim, the divine energy that encompasses the person and the world. But mitzvahs don't create the hamshacha, the communication, in a way that is mamish internalized, this is Torah. Because the difference of mitzvahs and Torah is mitzvahs are called levushim, and Torah is called mazah. The difference is, garments also impact you, they encompass you, they're around you, you're dressed up in them, but they don't become you. Mazah in food, you are what you eat, it becomes, it's converted into your bloodstream. A person learns Torah, as he says in Tanya and Perik Hey, and in many, many places, that Torah is digested. It's ingested within the person. That's called Pnimius. Zion Tachtoinus versus Gimel Rishonus are the spheres. From Chesed through Malchus are called Zion Tachtoinus, and Chachma Bin Adas are called, or Keser Chachma Bin are called Gimel Rishonus. This is the explanation we say in the davening of Shabbos and Yom Tif. Literally, it means sanctify us with your mitzvahs and give us our part in your Torah. But there's a deeper explanation. Betroth us through your mitzvahs. From the word kiddushin. Hareat mikudeshesli, bias mikadesh, kachenu, marry us. Like you tell a woman by the chupa, hareat mikudeshesli, you're mikudesh to me, your kiddushin is called marriage, betrothal. Why? Shehurak hamshachas er makif b'chinis tsev of kalalman. He says, rak, it's rak, huh? Yeah, very good. Kamay tabas kiddushin, that's the ring. Hayy mikadesh, mikadesh betabas. Why a ring? Because a ring represents soiv of kalalman, that which encompasses. A tabas is a circle that goes around the finger. So that represents spiritually an ermakiv from a place of soiv of kalalman. Teireh is not a ring. Teireh, the communication, the relationship is internalized. The Mishnah at the end of Tainus says, the day of Torah is called the day of the Chasana. The day of the Chasana is not Kiddushin. It's Nisuyin. Hamshachas tipas Chachmeilah. That's when the seed, that's when the seed of Chachmeilah, of Hashem's deepest wisdom, comes into the Jew. What the Balatanya is saying is that there's two states in a wedding. There's what's called Kiddushin and called Nisuyin, or Erisin and Nisuyin. In the time of the Gemara, it was actually done 12 months apart, you know, right? There was the Kiddushan. Means you would technically get married in front of two witnesses, but there was no meal and feast. It was just a, a very modest and simple ceremony. A person got married, you needed two witnesses, and you were Makadish Anisha. But she continued to live in her father's home and her parents' home, and he continued living, doing his thing, and the reason was they wanted to give them both a year to prepare for the wedding. <laughs> A year to appear for the wedding in terms of a meal and in terms of a home and in terms of tachshitim, jewelry. Twelve months, yeah. But it was more than an engagement because she was actually married. She was an Ashesis, she was married to him. It was a Kiddushan. Today it's very confusing. In modern Hebrew they call Aris an engagement and it's a... <laughs> people make a mistake. It's not. It's, it's, it's the wrong name for it because Aresin means marriage. If she wants to leave, she needs a get. She's an Ashesis. Nara Murasa is Beskila. It's a serious thing, huh? No, whatever age it was. Whatever age. No, whatever age. Uh, it, it could be 20 years old. That was not relevant to this. Later and later generations, they put the two together. We have the Kedushin and the Nisuyan. There were different reasons for it. Positive and also not positive. But they put it all together. 
So today, under the chuppah, you have both. And because you have both, it used to be there were kedushin. And then 12 months later, you brought a chuppah, and you did sheva brachas, and you had a ksuva, and you, uh, you made a meal, and you went home together, and you started to play house, as they say. And build, Bezer Hashem, build a family. Today we do everything together under the chuppah, and we take a break. And the break is the ksuva, the reading of the ksuva is the break between the Eresin and the Nisuyin. So the beginning of the chuppah is the Kedushin, he's Makadashah, and they make the bracha, right? Tashakadashonu, Mitzvahisu Mitzivonu, Mitzivonu ala harayiz, v'hitilonu asa, Nisuyis lonu, etc. Asa lonu asa rusas, v'hitilonu asa Nisuyis lonu, aydei chuppah v'kedushin, Makadash ame Yisrael, that's Birchus Kedushin, you're doing a mitzvah. Then they take a break, they read the Ksuvah, that's just because to make a break. And then comes the second part, which is the Sheva Brachas, which already belongs to the Nisuyan, and the Yichud room, which belongs to the Nisuyan, and the Chasen, and going home. What's the difference between the first two? So the Malatani says the difference of Makif and Pnimi. In the first one, he places a ring on her. Halachically, you don't have to have a ring. Halachically, Isha Niknis B'Shalosh Drachem, B'Kesev, B'Shtar, B'Biyah, you could do it with money, you could do it with something that's worth money. The source of a ring comes from Kabbalah. In fact, in Shulchan Aruch, it says, The Ramah writes in Evan Ezer, Yisrael, Jews have a minig to use a ring, and the Ramah says, and this comes from Zohar. In Shulchan Aruch, the Ramah says clearly, Yesha, his Lashon, I think, is Yeshal Zatam Betikune Zohar or something. This, the reason for this is from Zohar. That's the Tabas Kedushin. Later when they come home, this is when there could be the unity, the physical unity. What he calls Hamshachas Atipa. Hamshachas Atipa means that the seed of life could now be developed from the husband and the woman and the, and the wife and a, hopefully a child can be born from this. What does this represent spiritually? A ring is an Ermakif. It surrounds her finger. You'll also see by a chuppah, he puts a ring on her and she goes around him seven times. Also makif. There's his makif, there's her makif. That's kacheinu b'mitzvah secha. That's kiddush. V'sein chelkeinu b'sarah secha. This is called chelkeinu. Torah is different. Torah is not just the ring encompasses you. Just like by Nisuyim, when they're living together, there's a part of the husband that, so to speak, not so to speak, mamish, is internalized in the woman. That's how a baby grows. That's how a baby develops from the marriage, from the relation between the seed and the egg, between the sperm and the egg, creating an embryo. That's not a hamshacha of makav, that's a hamshacha of pnimius. Literally, the internal dimension of the husband and the internal dimension of the wife connect. What is this in spiritually? Mitzvah is like kiddushin. Every time a Jew does a mitzvah, there's an oira leki, there's a divine energy that encompasses him or encompasses her. Like the ring. It's a kiddushin. Marry me through the mitzvah. Kiddushonu, kachenu, it's a kiddushin. Asher kiddushonu b'mitzvah is not just kiddushonu, he sanctified us. Kiddushonu, he was mekadish us through the mitzvahs. It's an union of kiddushin. That's what he says many times in Lukut HaTayra already in Tanya, Perik, Memvav. Kiddushonu is, he was mekadish us through the mitzvahs. And Kiddushin means you become a husband and a wife. But what's the definition of a husband and wife in Kiddushin? That is an Ermakif. In other words, there's a certain energy that encompasses both of you that you call the husband and wife. But that's not enough. Now you have to have the second stage. What's the second stage? The second stage is Pnimius. In your Torah, we should find our part, Chelkeinu. And it has to be our part. It has to be my, it can't be your part. Because that's what pnimius is. Pnimius means it goes into me. Right? If I'm teaching somebody Torah, but they don't understand it, then they didn't learn. Why? Because it went into me, but not into you. It has to go into you. Our part in your Torah. Everyone has their chalik in Torah. Everybody has their way of understanding it. Everybody has their contribution that they make to Torah. Every person, based on their mind, based on their soul. It's a hamshacha pnimis. That's why he says, hamshachas tipas chachme ilah. What's the connection to the tipa? The, the seed of life is rooted in maya ha'av, in the brain of the father. The Gemara says, en kishri ala ladas. As I said before, 
the seed of life could only communica- be communicated with awareness, with conscientiousness, with concentration. Ein kishi eleladas, there is das. The origin of the seed of life doesn't begin with a physical substance. It begins with consciousness of the person in a very deep place. And then it evolves into the seed of life, which can then be absorbed by the woman and ultimately develop into an embryo. Which is why in that seed you have everything. You have the soul of the person there. You have the deepest part of the person. You have That's how the jinnim, what we call today in science, the DNA of the father forms a child. It's not like other things. I can give a speech a whole day and say that hopefully very nice and brilliant things, but that's not DNA. <laughs> From that a baby is not born. The tippa is mamish de pnimius hanefesh. It's etzem hanefesh. And by the way, parenthetically, that's why the halacha, that's why Torah is is very sensitive to how a person treats that part of themselves. People don't understand often these areas. They think that stam halacha is trying to spoil fun. It's not. On the contrary, the halacha is sensitive to the deepest part of a person. How it's treated. That it shouldn't be levatola. It shouldn't, shouldn't just be seen as nothing. It's not drinking a can of Coke. It's not having a cup of coffee. This is where the person's DNA comes out. And DNA, that's the etzema nefesh. From here, a child, this is where the, your imprint on the child goes outside of Kaladardis. We have the genes from Avram, Mitzvah, and Yaakov, Adam, and Chavah. This doesn't change after 4,000 years. We are still our grandparents today. You want to see your Baba? Look at you. It's not a spiritual truth, it's a scientific truth. You don't need, this is, this is, this is the truth. Today we just know it more and more. So the pnimius of the Father comes out of it. What's Torah? Torah is the chachme law of Hashem. When a Jew learns Torah, what is it? It's like the Father, so to speak, like the husband, Hashem, implanting in the Jewish mind his own tippa, his own seed, his own chachmeilah, his own brain, so to speak. That becomes who you are. That's why Torah is the tippa, so to speak, of Hashem. Chachmeilah coming into the person. Because when you understand it, you absorb it, it becomes mamish part of you. Just like the tippa of the father, which can become part of the mother, of the woman, and develop a child. So there's two states... There's the mitzvahs kiddushin and Torah is nisuyin. Kachenu mitzvah secha and b'yoyim chasunosoy, the chasana zem matan Torah. The day of the chasana is called the day of Mantera was the day of the chasana. The chasana is when they actually go home afterwards and connect in a very deep way. And that's the difference of a mitzvah and Torah. Whenever I do a mitzvah, divine energy encompasses me, a Jew puts on tefillin, a Jew gives stokka, whatever mitzvah you do. And in that sense, Talmud Torah is also a mitzvah. That's like a lavush, that's like the ring, that's like an ermakiv, like the chuppah. That encompasses you, but it's beyond the person you're dressed up in it. And the oir is on top of you. The idea of toir is to internalize. So therefore, matoivu oy halecha yakiv. An oil represents that which is makiv. That's yakiv is the first two chuvas of surmerava. Esav says, Yaakov took two things away from me. Surmeira. He didn't believe that the Ra is real. He did shuva on that level. Asay toiv over the lekim twice. That's oyalecha. Vihinei de surmeira nimshak shiyu pchinas alikeno. Aide asay toiv pchinas gilu shem avaya. Achin gilu izeb pchinas makiv oil. There's a difference. We spoke about alikeno and avaya. Alikim is mamale avaya is soiviv. Sur Meira, the Tshuva brings Eleikeinu, you should be my God, Mamalakalam. Havaya is connected to Asetoiv, Seviv Kalam. But it's all on Oyel. Vizel, Yaakov Ishtam Yoshev Eholam. That's why when the Torah identifies Yaakov, he calls him Yaakov Ishtam. Yaakov is a wholesome person. He dwells in the tents. Hainu Beiz Eholam. Two tents. Which two tents? Hamshachas havayen alekeinu. There's the tent, the oil of surmeira, and the oil of aseitoiv, the oil of Hashem yutkevavke baruch Hashem, and the oil of alekeinu alekim. As he explained, surmeira is identifying that God is in you. Alekai bekirbi. That's alekeinu to replenish the light that's missing. Aseitoiv is through soiv is havaya. That's oivad alekim. Go beyond alekim. 
That's the two halim. Or pinish, but he introduces it by saying matoivu. Matoivu elecha yakaif. What's matoivu? Hainuk shu abchinis mau bittel veeinei nidaliyesh. You know when it's good? It's good if it's in a place, state of ma. Ma is koyach ma. What's ma? Ma is what? Koyach ma is chachma, right? Ma, Moshe said on himself, v'nachnu ma, what are we? Kisalinu alav. Ma is something you say, what? Ma. Ma. Represents the concept of bitl ve'enoy nireliyesh. The curiosity, the inquisitiveness to say what is represents a humility. It's the humility of wonder. And that is ma toivu when it's in a state of ma, mem a state of bitl humility, He doesn't emerge as an egotistical person, commercial kasaf. It says in the Haftarah last week, of Balak, right? How does it end? Ma Hashem what does Hashem want from you? So he says, to do good, hatsneya lechesim Hashem What's Hatznei Alechas? To walk modestly, discreetly with God. Im Hashem Alekecha. Azayim Toivu. Kediksiv ki toiv. Amru Razal ki toiv. Ligna is Hainabchinas Hatznei Alechas. It says in Bereshis, the first day Hashem created light. Vayare Lekim Esa'or ki toiv. Hashem saw that the light was good. Yeah. So Chazal say, what does it mean he saw it's good? It's good to hide. Kitoiv lignois. <laughs> so Rebbe says, what makes something good? When it's without yeshes. When it's lignois, when it's without yeshes, that's what makes it good. What makes it ma toivu? What makes something toiv when it's ma? When there's no yeshes. A person could do a mitzvah, a person could do things. But there's that sense of arrogance and, and uh, pompousness and being bombastic, even if it's in a more subtle way. But the real thing is when, uh, what does that mean? it's concealed. It's, it's, it's It's discreetly. Why? It's not just not to flaunt your own horn. The point is much deeper. It's talking about tshuva. Tshuva is coming back to oneness. Whenever you come back to oneness, there's no yesh. There's oneness. That's what tshuva, tshuva means bringing back the pchar to oneness. So there's no yesh, there's oneness. That's the difference. In other words, sometimes you speak no ego because it's a disgusting thing. But deep down you have an ego, just nobody sees it. Here we're not talking about the outer ego. That's a davar pashat. That's discussed in a lot of svarim. Here we're talking about the inner ego. The ego that's deeper, that's hidden. But that, <laughs> that's what you, you want, the real hiddenness. In other words, the real ayin. Yeah. Okay, so the whole Indian in Kabbalah that chsadim that are concealed are called Eitzachayim and from the breast and below where this is galus is called Eitzadas. Then you have Mishkin Oisecha Yisrael. What's Mishkan Pirush? Shabbchinis Yisrael who shaykhin b'pchinis pnimis mamish v'loy b'pchinis oyal l'makif levah. Oyalecha is a tent. Mishkan Oysecha is where he dwells, like v'shachanti. I will dwell. Mishkan. He dwells there. He comes into it in an internalized way, not just an oyal. We send the past to another mind. Avada. 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 Right, right, but that's what he's saying. That's the difference of Oyalacha Mishkinaisecha. Oyel represents like a bias, it's makif. Mishkinaisecha means that which is shoichen in you, it dwells in you. Where was the Shechin and the Beis HaMikdash? When the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, the Gemara says in Brachas Davov, Hashem has in the world only Dalet Amash That's the substitute of the Beis HaMikdash. That's where this Vishachanti Besaycham. That's where he dwells. In Dalet Amash, the four cubits of Allah, that's where you'll find the Shechina. Not just in an encompassing way, but in an internalized way. Nimtze Shatayri Ibchines Hashra Pnimis Kemay Vishachanti Besaycham. That's why Yisrael is my head. In the head is the gili of the moichen. That's the awareness, the brain, the mind. As he said earlier, 
The mitzvahs represents Eivarim Chitzayinim, and Torah represents the brain Eivarim Apnimim. Yisrael Li Roish, that's Dalet Amashel Halacha Torah, which creates the Mishkin Oisecha Yisrael. Uklolis Chiyus HaNefesh Bebchinus Pnimis. The brain is the place where the entire life of the soul is, rests. In this, it's a central nervous system. In the other limbs, it's more The thought, the brain impacts also the foot. The moment you want to move your foot, your foot is going to move. doesn't take any time. It doesn't take a long journey from the head till the foot. You want to move your foot, your foot moves. Why? Because there's a connection. The thought ultimately illuminates even the leg. But this light of the thought and the regal could be called makif. It's there. But you're not going to say the leg is typhus, it grasps the essence of thought. That's the place where you grasp the thought. That's the mind, the brain. Through Maise, the Yud comes all the way into the Akiv. Like we said, the Machshava comes down all the way to the foot. Through Taira, it's like the head. In other words, you can be typhus. The head is aware, it comprehends and understands. Vizov, that's why he says, Your name shouldn't be Yaakov, it should be Yisrael. What's Pshat Sarisim Elikim? You prevailed over Elikim. Pidush, Shom Mistarid al Shem Elikim. He rules over Shem Elikim. Al Derech Vatigzer Oimer Vayakam Tzadi Goizer. Kaniskirinim Bezerech Elikimel. Vayenu Kishem Elikim Obchinus Mogen Lashem Havaya. Elikim is a shield for Havaya. Vayde Eisig Betayde Goidim. Shalayiyah Chololo Masach Mavdil. Tayde makes there shouldn't be a separation between Elikim and Havaya. He called Eisig Betayde Kadosh Baruch Hu Koyre. So through Torah, he ultimately prevails over the shame, over the shame Eloikim. Okay. Yeah. The next act after that, didn't they say now go home and go into your tents? Yeah. So that's the idea. Uh, After Matan Torah, Hashem said, "Go back to your tents." Shuvu lachem laoyaleichem. That completes the man. Yeah. But now break down the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always both states in marriage: the makif and the pnimi. The makif represents that I would call it the commitment, the overall commitment. I'm committed to you, you're committed to me. We're bound by something that's greater than both of us. Huh? We're bound by something that's greater than both of us. It's a commitment to an institution, to a relationship, to a, a life together. It's not about me, it's not about you. It's about something that transcends both of us. That's the first step. Because without that, it's a very flimsy commitment. It's like, okay, today I'm in the mood, tomorrow I'm not in the mood anymore. It's living together, right. Marriage is not living together. Marriage is, we're now married. In other words, we enter into a relationship with something that transcends us individually. Let's call it the institution of marriage, the sacredness of marriage. Kiddushin means sacredness. But that's not enough yet. Now there's also the development of the personal connection. Timius, where they share a life together, physically and also emotionally. The part of you comes into me, a part of me comes into you. There's the sharing, there's the inter inner connection. But there's always both. So you always have both states. There's the Kiddushan and there's the Nisoyan. And and both are vital, because if you have the first without the latter, it's a commitment, but you know, we, we could still be separate people, just married. We're just committed to marriage. You sometimes have that. If you have the second without the first, so there could be a lot of connection, 
But ultimately, when uh, it hits a wall or a challenge, you say bye-bye. So the combination of both is very critical. One is, by definition, makif. It transcends you. It's not about you as an individual or you as an individual. That's the whole point. The point is it's something that we're both committed to that's beyond ourselves. That's why it can outlast the storms. On the other hand, you want the personal relationship. The pnimius. So it's also the third step of two. That's the pnimius, yeah. The pnimius, yeah. That's the pnimius, Taylor. It's a consciousness, yeah. Tzadik comes down, and he has to become the Shuba. It's like you're taking your son, and you tell him, okay, now you're going to do the digits, you're going to go under the building, you're going to do foundation, <laughs> you're going to I'm in such a good position, why are you making the Shuba sick? So apparently to become a Balshuva is such a great thing that it's worth it. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.